Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Block Talk Radio here, uh, Gridiron Blitz, and you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Listen Notes FM, as well as Wednesdays on Indie Rap Radio. Your host Oscar Lopez here, um, part of Block Talk Radio, and we are excited for 265 episode in the house. We are going to have today a special guest. It's going to be Lorenda Phillips of Essentials Entrepreneurship, and she's going to be talking about retired from sports, um, athlete life after sports. So we're going to be diving into her in about 15 minutes. Then after that, we are going to have at the top of the hour, we are going to talk to Junior Pardo of AAF AAF Extended as we talk week six of the American, of the Alliance of American Football. And then we'll dive into a little bit of what's going on in the women's game, primarily overseas in Mexico, hotbed for legend style play right now with LFB, WFL, and then we have in the States, uh, of course, XFFL in Texas. And the uh, week one of HAF Femenil in Mexico. And also uh, the Liga Football Monterey that kicked off this weekend. Pretty much all the details at facebook.com forward slash gridironbeauties. And that's the hub for everything that's going on in the international game. And we're going to dive in right now in a couple minutes here to the FEFA Spain um, picture that's coming up in the for the playoffs with the seven on seven and the nine on nine so let's bring in our uh co-host it's going to be uh louise bean we will not have uh, mackenzie brooks holly custis or troy wilson today but we will have louise bean here up to the top of the hour until we get junior pardo in here and after lorenda phillips comes on so um bean it's a pretty uh, intense competition right now over in spain so we'll start there. Um, pretty much at this point, the Pioneers uh, assaulted on Badalona. Badalona hasn't won in like over three years. And the uh, massacre that it is 44 to 8 in week uh, five here. Uh, so that puts the Pioneers at two and three in the standings. And they are obviously chasing a playoff spot, which uh, at this point, top of the top of the key is Barcelona two and two. Valencia three and one, and of course the champions, um, the Barbera rookies are at the top undefeated. So week six looks to be completed next week, which will be Barcelona Valencia, which is the three and one and two and two battle. So pretty interesting scenario in nine 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 Feminina. Yeah, I mean that's anything can happen in a three and one two and two game. So plus it's warming up, so that's going to help your game. Uh, yeah. Now, how many games do they play in their full season? I can't. So remember. the uh, the nine 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 is uh, goes towards I believe. Um, let me get my notes here, but I believe it's week ten, and that will end on in May eleventh. So it'll go okay. to May eleventh, and um, the seven on seven will end uh, March thirty first, which would be uh, next. I believe next week. Okay. So, and they play a tournament-style finals as well, correct? Like, there's not just one um, championship, well, it's a tournament. Style. No, it's going to be top four. 
top four playoffs. Okay. So it'd be the semifinals and then the final. In the uh, okay. seven on seven, it's going to be pretty much the same. The only difference is I mm-hmm. think it's the top two teams will go to the playoffs because there's only four teams in that division. So at this point, uh, pretty awesome matchup that it was. Uh, the Drox, like I said, are, they're 0-5. And they, have, they have been, unfortunately, not able to muster a win in a couple of years. <laughs> so Oh, gosh. But anything 20, can happen. Yeah, 20 to 0 at, at the half is what this contest was. Okay. So uh, Anna Belendias, two touchdowns and a two-point conversion, um, of course. And then uh, uh, Leia Saliva scores another touchdown and two-point conversion. Marta Romero, one touchdown, one per, one uh, conversion of two points. Larry Alonzo, one touchdown. Maria Lawson, one touchdown. You see the theme here? They're getting, yeah. they're getting blown off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the only uh, I, I, the only life for uh, the Drox was Elena Leva in the last quarter, and she added the conversion of the two points to give them the, the obviously the eight points. Okay. Well, do you, do you feel like considering what just happened recently with the announcement of uh, some European teams and American teams that there's supposed to be like a transatlantic number two? Do you feel like it happened in New York next year? Do you feel like Spain can compete? Do you think Spain would because they're you know they're not very far from a New York as far as a European country? Um, no, I, I don't think. The Spaniard team is ready for 11-on-11 pool kit. Well, okay. the Italian team is ready for 11-on-11 pool kit. So, if anything, okay. we'll see the Italians in the Euro Championships before we see the Spaniards mm-hmm. again in the Euro Championships. So, I mean, that's my understanding right now. I could be wrong. Uh, right. But they have not gone to 11-on-11 because they're having numbers concerns. Like, Badalona is one of the teams that, Obviously, it's winless in two years, but they've also had personnel squad. So okay. that's probably an issue as well there. Um, so it's kind of the equivalent of putting Badalona right now at a D3 level, and, and they're playing like, you know, D1 teams based on the other okay. teams, basically. That makes sense. I was just curious, considering that's a little less travel. And I know England would come and just that kind of thing. Well, I talked to uh, um, Dana briefly when she made the announcement. There's no real mm-hmm. details as to what teams from Mexico or the U.S. or Europe are going to come over. Uh, I'm sure. assuming the Birmingham Lions will come over because, obviously, they're the ones that instituted the original transatlantic competition. So right. I'm assuming they will be a representative in New York for, um, you know, for the European side. Um, I know that uh, the, there's talks to get you know, some of the teams over in Sweden and Finland to come over as well. Um, I did mention to her that, you know, the good resources for her would be Lexfa and FXX Mexico to reach out to them. Um, They're the top two, the top two team, uh, top two leagues, obviously in the Mexican uh, realm of things. And so in the U S obviously we got WNFC and WFA to kind of, you know, figure that out. Um, But I don't know if it's going to be similar format that we have now, if it's going to be just, you know, four teams uh, or you know, round robin type mentality. Um, I'm assuming that they're going to keep the setup the same. Just a matter of, you know, how many teams at this point. And you know, given tackle football, it, it's uh, it's kind of like what you guys did at the best of the West in, in sort of a setup, right? Um, but right. with an international field. Unless they did something, because you know, four teams is just not that much, and 
it depends on what kind of matchups you want. Do you want to see the best teams considered in America play, or does it not matter? And so uh, something like if you did two brackets of four teams and then the two winners get to play, I'm sure they have it all planned out. But you just think to yourself, okay, what if? What could happen? You know, well, we're looking at, I think, in I think September 3rd through the 7th. So it's basically a week. It's kind of like the IFAB World Championships because mm-hmm. you got to have rest days between that. So you got two teams sure. playing, you got to have a rest day, and then you got to have another two teams playing, and then maybe a rest day, that kind of deal. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure yeah. Dana's working on it in terms of – and that's yeah. the reason that it's so far out to 2020 because logistics has to be all in place, right? You know, And we're, we're talking about visas and everything else because that literally is one of the barriers. Well, and a team could say, I want to play today, and that's you know, that's 18 months away. So anything could happen. The team could fold, you know. I mean, anything happens in women's football. So, And that's at the end of a season where people have spent a lot of money already. So, But I think it's a great idea. Like, why not, you know, just keep doing cool things? Uh, well, and, they do it in soccer. And, I mean, yeah. to me, it's always been that kind of mentality where, I mean, if you want to introduce the sport at a level of awareness, then international yeah. friendlies are the best ones. You know what I mean? Because then yeah. at, that, at that point, it opens eyes to people. Um, you know, here, here in the mm-hmm. States, for example, you go to New York, anybody that's going to attend that event is going to realize, oh, by the way, they, you know, there's women that play tackle football in England or, you know, or mm-hmm. uh, over in overseas Mexico. Now they're kind of like made aware that the sport is relevant, kind of like rugby. Nobody knows about mm-hmm. rugby unless you're in the rugby circles. You know what I mean? And then you right. understand how popular the sevens is and uh, all that. Well, and you understand it's pretty huge. huge. Yeah, I mean, rugby for girls and just rugby in general in America, I feel like, has just been making big strides continually, continually. So, I mean, it's in the high schools in Utah now. Uh, so, for girls and clubs. And so, yeah, I'm thinking it's doing great. So, just fun to see. And it, and it is a great sport, too, because it's kind of the equivalent of what, uh, you know, American football is, just with the, the mm-hmm. different rules in L.A. So, it's it, it's yep. a kind of like – a lot of players from rugby drive into, I mean, Jen Walter was rugby before she went to American football. So it's kind of like everybody kind of transitions over in that sense too. They, they do it over in Aussie. Yeah. And yeah, Aussie oh, land, yeah, yeah. And they send their Aussies over so, to play football at college. So. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, so, but it's like the transition from rugby to American football is not that big of a deal. Um, right. I think the only transition is really understanding, you know, the nuances of the game the first downs and everything yep. else, but everything else is kind of similar in that strength, power, that kind of stuff. So um, it's more costly, obviously, for American football than it is for rugby probably. But Yeah, of course. It's interesting to see how they're similar, but yet they grow differently and they attract different people. I mean, some of them are the same types. They go one to the other, but, um, you know, just they just some people love rugby and they don't like football. Some people love both, but – and I've met a lot of them because rugby is pretty popular in Utah. So um, the organizational aspect is probably better for football for the adult level in for females in Utah. But it still doesn't mean they don't have clubs in Utah for females. So it just depends on what people want. And it's cheaper, like you said, it's cheaper. So Yeah, it's way cheaper. I mean, so, I mean, logistic-wise and participation and everything else. Um so the, the other international friendly we have, it's going to happen in Vegas. It's going to be coming up here on the 23rd. The uh, multi-time WWCFL champion Saskatoon Valkyries 
will be taking on the WFA Sin City Trojans. And that's going to be in Desert Pine High School coming up. The other scrimmage, WNFC scrimmage, is going to take place. Uh, Bobcats taking on Utah Falcons, the 23rd, coming up here. That's a, a w, WNFC friendly. Um, we also have March 30th, international friendly. March 30th, six-time champion uh, Birmingham Lions will be traveling to Orlando Jets. They will be taking on the Orlando Jets on the 30th. So a lot of competition happening internationally. Uh, there's some barriers with the restriction over in Germany because apparently the German organization is not in good standing with uh, IFAB at, as we stand right now. That's the reason that the German team could not be fielded for Vancouver for the last IFAB World Championship. So a little politics there. Hopefully they'll air it out yeah. before the next tournament. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah. Because you just want to play. You know, you just want to play. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, that's where that's at with that. And it's just unfortunate that that happens, too, in the sport. But um, overall, mm-hmm. uh, FEFA Spain, uh, excitement coming up March 24th, Barcelona against Valencia. So we have that uh, going on for us. Um, and that will finish week six of the FEFA Spain. Very competitive matchups right now. Week seven on March 30th. We'll finish up seven on seven Feminina. And that'll be Guillaume against Jabatos. Jabatos finally get a win, one and four. Um, and then they'll, uh, Saragossa versus the top dog, Black Demons. We'll keep tabs on that under fefas.es. And you can go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Great Iron Beauties. You get all the latest details there and uploads and share posts. And then uh, also Barcelona versus Valencia. That's the big matchup coming up here on the 24th uh, in uh, 999 uh, Feminina. So pretty awesome uh, weekends coming up. Then we are going to go uh, after the interview here with uh, Lorenda Phillips. Uh, we got a, uh, AAA uh, exclusive, obviously AAA extended junior Pardo at the top of the hour. And then we'll go and dive into uh, the last 30 minutes of the show with detailing what's going on in the women's game. LFL US announces rosters. We have um, a lot of action happening in Mexico. Uh, we have a legend style play in Cancun. We have legend style play in WFL. So a lot of it, and you can all read up on it. Uh, thanks to our network, go to the facebook.com forward slash Great Iron Beauties. Check out everything that's happening in the past week in the women's game. And you will be blown away, blown away. Thanks to all our network partners because they do an amazing job uh, from the reporters out there that we uh, network with now to the press that's happening over in Cancun to uh, all the press that's happening in Mexico as well. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for uh, networking with us and being amazing uh, folks to bring awareness to the sport as well. All right, let's go into the huddle sponsored by Zazzle.com forward slash uh, Gridiron Beauties. You can go to Zazzle shop, uh, the no joke football shop. You get leggings, hoodies, and tees. You can get everything that's going on there. Uh, you can get the no joke football original shirt uh, sported by Sasha Cruz as well. And then you got Kelsey uh, Cristiano with the hoodie and you get your own hoodie at facebook.com. Um, forward slash Grand Beauties, you can go to the shop tab now there, or you can go exactly to the Zazzle.com site forward slash Grand Beauties. Make sure you use the daily codes, save up to 20% off. So, and then free shipping. If you subscribe to Zazzle Black for about 10 bucks for the year, it's a great deal. Go to the Nojo Football Shop at Zazzle.com forward slash Grand Beauties. So let's bring in our guest here, Lorenda uh, Phillips of the uh, Essential Entrepreneurship and also uh, retired from sports. And so, uh, Lorenda, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks a lot, Oscar. 
How you doing, Lorinda? Uh, you're on with myself and uh, Louise Bean, championship quarterback in women's tackle football and Hall of Famer as well. Wow, thank you. Hello, Louise. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing really good. I'm excited about tonight. Thank you. And thank you so good. much for having me on. No problem. Uh, Lorinda, we got reached out from you, and then we kind of figured it out, but you know, the women's game is kind of different because it's a pay-to-play still. It's not, you know, they're yeah. not getting paid to play, which is a totally different yeah. mindset altogether. But in the yeah. in the athletic world, obviously, we're all used to the fact that you got athletes that make a lot of money, and they're fronting a lot of money, depending on the sport. Like today was, what, Trout, $430 million yeah. over 12 years? Trout made a few <laughs> which bucks is, today, yes. Yeah, oh, my God. I'm like, including the, not including the shoe deals that he's got going on. Yeah. So that the guy's yeah. set for life yeah. pretty much, unless he blunders yeah. completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, we all have the life, the different, the different sports uh, that you're involved in with certain athletes. It's kind of different in each one, right? From basketball to football, because the, 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 the tenure of the durability of an athlete is short. Their short span. In other words, it's either going to be longevity on one sport or really short on another. So they got to make real decisions about, how they're going to pursue that after the sport. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Um, generally, I mean, generally uh, the guys that have the least amount of time uh, playing is in the NFL. But I think even in the most, uh, I think it's the um, MLB, is maybe like five point something years. So it's as an average. So, um, you, you know, yes, some of the marquee players, uh, some of the pitchers in MLB, you know, they can play longer. Um, but the, and the quarterbacks play longer, but there's a lot of guys that get injured, uh, in this sport. And I say guys because primarily, you know, 90, well, I think they're all guys right now that will probably not be forever. Um, but, uh, right now they get injured and, you know, they are, they're still in contract while they're injured. Right. But as soon as they're released, the team is free to cut them. So as soon as they're released out of the injury, then they're released off the team. So um, there really, especially in the NFL, there's really no guarantee. Um, there's a signing. There's a couple of things they guarantee, but there's a lot of funniness. By the way, there's an article in the LA, sorry, the New York Times this week. Uh, I believe it actually was like Thursday of last week that um, talks about uh, contracts and what's really the truth, <laughs> what really ends up happening. So it was, uh, it was an eye-opener. Anyway, so that's, that's that. And, and Lorinda, there's know, a lot of legal, lar- legal yeah. uh, large in, in, that goes into all these contracts. So everybody on the perception side, like us that read it, we're like, man, he, he just made $430 million. But in reality, yeah. there's just a lot of intangibles behind it, right? There, there are lots of things. Now, um, I don't think we have to worry about this guy and his trout, right? But but still, it's it's uh, it's throughout all of the league, all of the members, all of the players in the league. So that means the highest paying and the lowest paying. The contracts are really, um, you know, they're not paid out, uh, pretty much. I, I, at least for I can say football because most of my clients are in football, and I'm pretty uh, well versed in the football area. Uh, but they've even in this New York article they were talking about all kinds of athletes that the, there's one th- there's one amount that's stated 
and the agents are excited and they're, you know, they're using those numbers, uh, especially the years, because pretty much the years don't matter, um, but the years and the amount per year, and they're, they're using it to attract more clients, right, more athlete clients. So they don't care. They want those high numbers. But then again, the truth is they're not, you know, they're not making as much as one would think. So that's one of the reasons why they're broke and they stay broke. Um, they really do think that they're going to get more. That, and, then, and, and then they're also playing with the, the marquee players that are getting more, right? And so they're trying to keep up. Their kids, you know, young athletes, they're, they're trying to keep up. And, you know, some of them get bad advice. Uh, some of them uh, just, you know, they lose their money. They lose their purpose. They lose a lot of things when they're cut. And, um, and, and that's what I want to, you know, I want to support those guys into what's next for them. That's my passion. Um, and I, you know, and, and even though uh, in, in the women's sports, uh, it is definitely a different dynamic, they still lose when they're cut. They lose their identity, purpose, structure. Um, they know themselves to be a particular way. And then when they're cut, they're not that anymore. And that takes a toll on what's next for them. So, um, you know, I have definitely coached women as well. And, and I, I haven't coached women athletes, by the way, but I've talked to many. And I've, I've, I've coached a lot of women entrepreneurs, business owners. So, um, you know I, know, I know they have their struggles as well. They just didn't come down like a rock with their money. But everything else they did come down on, right? So. All right, Bean, jump in. Oh, man, I don't like this subject very much, but <laughs> just because oh, it is right. hard. <laughs> she hasn't got paid uh, yet, so she can't relate yet to how on? it drops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, where's the money? Yeah, that Mike Trout thing, that's crazy. That's just so crazy. Yeah. I saw yeah. your post today, Oscar, about like baseball and obviously they don't have a um oh salary cap and it's just a cre- I mean it's grandkids and grandkids if he uses it right. Um I definitely That's think right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm curious, are yep. you so are you a life coach or what is your Job. Well, my background is I have a master's certification from International Coaching Federation for business coaching, right? Okay. I, it took me six years. It's like a master's, right? Okay. So I did that. And in that, there was life coaching. Now, this was 18 years ago when, you know, people, when I said mm-hmm. I coached, they said, I didn't know you were athletic. So, you know, yeah. they, there wasn't the distinction coach in this world, right. right, in this way. But I do a lot of life coaching because in my business clients and my transitional clients, because... It's life. You know what, there's, yeah, you, you don't, just, you don't um, divide yourself from business and yourself, right? You're always, wherever you are, there you are. You know, wherever you go, there you are, right? So I, I do have life coaching as well, but I'm certified as a business coach and transition coach and retirement coach. That's kind of my okay. official designation. Um, so are you based out of where do you live? Um, I live in uh, in Pismo Beach, which is outside okay. of San Luis Obispo in California. And then, yep. but I I'm in Los Angeles, where I lived for 40 years. I'm there okay. a couple of times a month, and I see clients, uh, and I have courses there. 
So, um, yeah, so it's kind of, I say I live in L.A., you know, unless right, somebody right, directly right. asks me like you just did. I live in Pismo yeah. Beach, and I'm looking at I'm looking at the ocean right now. So, um, you know, I'm in a, a little rental. I just am so happy over here and uh, needed the break. So, I've been yeah. to Pismo Beach, so that's a nice area. Good oh, for you. Oh, fabulous. Well, come see me, please. I, I, I love you. <laughs> I love you. Well, so- well, it's yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it sounds like a, a a good job. It definitely sounds like because you can branch off into a variety of different areas. I'm curious. Um, do you feel like there's a predominant sport at type? I know you're doing business people, but is there a predominant sport athlete that you see? Do you think it's more football? Yeah. Do you think it's more baseball? Yeah. Does it? Just- I I think the 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 people that have the worst trouble are the NFL. In the NFL. Okay. Now, everybody kind of goes after them for things. So it's a market that's tough to get into, you know, from a business point of view. Um, But I've worked with them. I've worked with hockey players. I've worked with MLB players. And um, I've actually not worked with NBA. But that's kind of my – Just because I've I've not – only because – um, you know, I've I've gotten into certain area, right? And then those people mm-hmm. they uh, do well, so they tell their buddies, and so mm-hmm. that's why I've had more clients in the NFL because they kind of it it started to, yeah, it it started to go like wildfire in in terms of referral. So, but but they all have, I mean, um, they all have trouble. They it's it's been, and I know you can relate to this. It's been all about their their life has been about pretty much one thing. So they train, they uh, practice, they do have games and tournaments um, forever, and and then they are you know and then they're cut, and many of them are cut around their mid twenties, and it's it's kind of like well gosh that is that it you know I mean I only yeah. know myself X X person. What I yeah. try to do is get them inside the retirement, retirement sports while they're playing so they can leverage mm-hmm. uh, their, where they are. So they go to a fundraiser, right, for instance, and they talk to, um, you know, instead of looking where the party is, which, of course, they will. They're young. Um, mm-hmm. they're, I, I direct them to, okay, I want you to have two conversations with people who are in the business world. Because in those fundraisers are all kinds of people. They're not just, you know, sports right. people. They're all kinds. And they don't, they're not um, coached to, okay, go over there and have a conversation, create a relationship. And often I get, They don't know how to work they, a room. Well, they don't know how to work a room. Perfect. And, they, and they, they'll, say, they'll say, well, what do you, how do you start, you know? And so I'll do role mm-hmm. plays with them. I'll even write scripts for them. And then I... Whatever's needed for them to be successful is what I'll do for them. And, and it's, it's uh, you know, it's a very, right now, very hands-on. I do have backup coaches, but right now I'm doing the coaching. And I'm doing, because I'm building, like, what uh, kind of the template that I want for the other, you know, as I grow. And if, you know, if the NFL ever returns my calls... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, then I'd have a pro. I'd have a program for them to say, okay, this is how I can do it. These are my statistics. Yeah, like mm-hmm. that. So, um, but 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 to answer you, there, um, 
yeah, there are a, there's a big need for this. And again, it's not the big players, you know, the uh, the Tom Brady, you know, the, those big right. players. They're gonna, unless they're nutty, they're gonna make it just fine. You know, we don't have to yeah, worry yeah. about them. Um, yeah. But a lot of those mid players, you know, by the time they get their contract, they get to play. Uh, probably they're on, most of them play maybe a year, and most of that time is on the bench. So they do maybe make a little signing. They may make a, you know, their year, their, their year income. But, but then it's gone. Then there's no more. doesn't matter if they're in contract. They don't, NFL does not have to pay. So, and then if they're injured, they, they do get support from the NFL. But when they're released, like cut from the team, right. they are responsible for their own injuries for the rest of their lives. So that right. money, whatever they did get, will go, and you probably know firsthand about this, you, you'll, you know, you spend that money. So you now don't have any money. You don't have any recognition. Nobody really knows you. And, um, and no identity. So really work on building up their identity, what, they, what their talents and interests are, um, how to go about working the room, how to get relationships going that are not necessarily because they're football players, although they can use or whatever player, although they can use it, they're creating, they're creating another life. They're creating their next 50 years. Right. And I don't really say that all the time to them because it's too daunting, but I'll say, well, look, you know, that money's going to last a certain amount of time. So we get the calculator out. I let, you know, I let them know what the reality is if they don't know already, right? And then mm-hmm. it's kind of like, okay, so this first year, I, I, I work with people 20 years, thousands of people, uh, you know, that are business owners and retirees and on transition, you know, uh, executives going in transition. And it's, it's like, it's a very, it's a business game plan, right? It's a game plan for life. And so we create it together, and then I keep them to keep track of how they're doing every week, every month, whatever it is, whatever the contract agrees, we agree to. But I'm committed to them using whatever sport they're in as a catapult, you know, as, as to catapult them into something, almost like use the sport as opposed to the sport using them. Right. Use the sport to help them. And this is so for, for any athlete, whether it's, you know, the, the major league type uh, of sports, sports team or women's or soccer or whatever there is, use that as the biggest piece of advice I can give is use your sport to, to get you faster, higher into what's next for you. Um, and, and the other thing is there's just a lot of myths. I, Liz, did you get a, did you get sponsorship? So, you know, in female football, you can get yeah. sponsors, and sometimes I was able to get sponsors, and we don't get paid. Yeah. But, like, for example, recently when I went to an all-star event in Cancun, I was uh-huh. able to get sponsors for my fee um, because of what I'd been involved with and, and yeah. just different things like that. So, yeah, you know, you you got to use those things to your benefit. Um, some people yeah. are impressed. Some people aren't. But, you know, because it's just yeah. cause it's women's sports. But, um, and you know, I know from the NFL world because they don't have the guaranteed contracts. And I knew I, I knew a guy that he talked about 
how he said it's just cutthroat because you don't have guaranteed yeah. money and you only get that if you're only getting paid if you're on if you make the team. And so, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just <laughs> that year. And, and stay so he's on the like, team. It's just, and yeah, and yeah. stay on the team. So it's, I, I think yes. it's my, when they talk about the argument of the NBA and if they should do the one and done, because obviously the NFL yeah. has its own rule, I just feel like, okay, I get that a kid should have the opportunity to go make a living. But, oh, my gosh, like I don't – and I know that the NBA and the NFL have programs where they try and help incoming rookies, you know, talk about business, talk about behavior, talk about all those kind of things so they can try and be yeah. successful adults. And yet I just look at that college – I would have – I played softball in college, but I didn't get – there was no uh, funding at the time. And I, yeah. when they talk about that players should get more money from the colleges, I just think – I must have been from what I was came from. I just think, okay, if I was gotten a free education – I would have just been so happy. <laughs> I would have just been great yeah, with that. Yeah. And I get where the colleges, you know, the, the players think they're they're making a lot of money for the colleges and all that kind of thing. Once again, you would have never had that platform. Zion Williams never would have had the platform he's had now to be the number one pick without Duke. And so I have mixed feelings about. I just think they should, someone should try and help these guys get their educations. I know they can come back and get their educations, but like you said, it's really hard, and they're in their twenties. And so yeah. I have been an athlete my entire life, and and I didn't get paid, and those guys are getting paid, and it's still really hard, and it still really sucks. And I also had an ulterior life other than sports, where but I yep. still do. I mean, I'm a mom, I have yep. kids, and I'm a wife, and so you have all of those things that are that are structured in your life, and it's still really hard, and it still really sucks, Oscar. Just letting you know. <laughs> so, just just FYI. You know. Hey, you're in Can- you're in Cancun I- last week. I don't know how sucky that would be. <laughs> you know what, man? It was, and that's why it's hard. You're just you're just trying to stay involved. And obviously, Oscar invited yeah. me to help with this show. And so, I really like your your suggestion where you got to use your sport as a platform. Now, those guys in their 20s, they really do have to do it as a platform. And I'm older than that, and so you're you're midlife. And you're trying to decide how can I still be involved in sports? How can I still involved with this sport that I love, that I have yes. a passion for? And then, and I'm not even dealing with the money side. You know, those guys are lucky. They were trying to deal yeah. with like, okay, I made three hundred or four hundred thousand dollars, and yeah, that's not very much, kind of. Other than it is at the moment, but your taxes well, and yeah. it doesn't last very long. Yeah, 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 yeah. For you and me, that's a lot of money. But yeah. if, you yeah, said, if, if you've got tax, if you're taxed. If you're, you yeah. know, you have to have special things, and then you have to m- make sure you've got enough or something for your injuries, yeah. and then the concussion problems are a problem. So, yeah. you know, there's some stuff. I completely get what you're saying. I think also <laughs> there's not sometimes there's not a lot of um, empathy for these guys. Like, you know, like come on, yeah, that's up. probably true. You know, go get yourself a job. And yeah. honestly, the next time you're in Home Depot, go check it out. A lot of them are in Home Depot. Not a problem. $15 an hour is, is a, you know, it's, there's money there. There's money. It's, it's uh, honorable. But if you were an, a professional athlete that were, was better than millions of kids, and, yeah. and that's where you ended up, for me, as a person who develops people, that breaks mm-hmm. my heart. It just does. It, it, as soon as I saw the statistic on the, what is it, the 
80% of NFL players uh, declare bankruptcy or financial stress two years oh, after yeah. retirement. Devastating uh, number. Now, that, that's been disputed. That's been disputed by the NFL. But my experience of really hundreds now of talking to different uh, uh, players, that is very close. That statistic is close. And I develop people, I just, I first of all couldn't believe it. But second of all, no. No, not when they've done so well, given so much entertainment and made so much money. I'm not saying the NFL in this case should give them money. I'm just saying give them a, give them a shot at what's next for them so they can, because I think they are, by the way, um, you'll like this, but it's true, um, they are, are the future leaders of their communities and businesses, and they're discarded. If they, I just, I just Lorenda, imagine what they could do if they had this. Lorenda, do you feel like the Players yeah. Association doesn't do enough of that? Because I think they should be the responsible ones to forward them to the next stage. But I don't think they do that as much. I don't think they have that inclination I, to do I, that. I would agree. Oscar, if you know anyone over there, please have them return my call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got pulled. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're let me call Katie right. Powers and see if she can help us. Out. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, then, if curious, they have that... college degrees, then they need. Yep. It's almost like when you go get a job right out of college. I had, I had, you know, recruiters and people like that. Well, then they, if they have college degrees, it's like they almost need their college help again that helps them propel into the. You know how you get uh, interviews while you're in college still. They yeah. help kind of yeah. set you up. And so now they don't have that because they've left college and with degrees, but yet they don't know how to get back into the workforce. Or it's a challenge, even though it is. And maybe some of them not all it, have degrees, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I totally know what you're saying. And that's one of the – and uh, in some ways, it's just weird. They don't, don't – They need they're life coaches just, like you. They, they're just, they're just <laughs> um, not prepared. It's, only, it's just like if they were better prepared. They could and and then they say, oh, I could go to a headhunting company, or I and they'll mm-hmm. help me. But they don't know to do that. They don't know to ask that. They don't. Okay. They don't. It's not. That's the other thing is the coaching I do is not expensive for them, and is it doesn't take long. That's the great thing about coaching. These guys already know how to uh, work a, a game plan. They know how to execute. They're flexible. They're team players. They're focused, 110 percent of the time. Give them, give them like a direction, and they and they and they want to go in that direction. They're great. So it's, um, you know, anyway, I, it's a great, it's a great uh, market for me. At, you know, there's a lot of place for me to play in this world. And That's very cool. I can make it. And there's a need. I can make it different. Yeah, and there's a need. And there's an, and I really and, and there's do, not honestly, even for just paid players. I mean, there's a bunch of people like yeah. me out there yeah. that, you know, so Yeah, get in touch with me. <laughs> oh, oh I, man. I, which which means no, but honestly, which means I I just want to make sure that people know. I don't know if this is appropriate to just give my website. Is that cool? No. No, you're good. Okay. Um it's retiredfromsports.com. And on the front, in the top navigation, it's a very cool website. I just had it done a, about five months ago. And on the top, it says Know Your Score. So it, you just, it's mm-hmm. a little survey, 15 questions or something, on um, the retirement readiness. 
And then it's filled out, and um, you can get my book, too, online. It's free. And then, um, and then get a, an appointment with me. And it's, I, I'm just not pushy. I'm, I am passionate, and I find out where the gap is, you know, where they are, where they want to be, and, and give them some reality <laughs> if they don't already know. And, um, you know what? And then the reality is often a- they don't understand yeah. managing money first and foremost because they get so overwhelmed with it. And I have a, yeah. you know, a couple of friends who got into, you know, like you said, training camp. They're excited and they thought they were going to make, yeah. you know, from the taxi squad, they're going to make the, you know, the roster, uh, all these hopes, right? <laughs> yep. But they were still, yep. look, they yep. were, you know, he was still working two part time jobs while still being on the taxi squad. But, the reality is he was level-headed because his parents pretty much gave him that, you know, mentality where it's like, this is an opportunity, right. but it isn't a guarantee. So it's like, yeah. you still have to have something to, to fall back onto, you know what I mean? And so yeah. a lot of them, yeah. I think, like you said, they're so catered as we talk about here on the game in the show is, you know, the, the women's game is not catered because yeah. uh, right. a lot of the women that are, a lot of the women are, you know, mothers, they take care of kids. And between yeah. that, they're athletes. They got to participate. They got to no pay money. out money to play on the sport, right? Exactly. But I'm just talking about the management, the management factor of a calendar where you got to hustle to, you know, provide for family and everything else. Where an individual athlete that comes out and has been catered and prospected and everything else, and they get to the next level. They just expect that to happen as a natural to so somebody to pick them up and take them forward. Right. Where it doesn't yeah. happen in, you know, in the women's game, where the transition there is always the fact that they got to make it on their own in, in some cases because they don't have spouses. Right. Um, so it becomes a little yeah. difficult, but you know, imagine if any of the w- women listening right now had 430 million, you know, <laughs> they would be probably entrepreneurs <laughs> in like about six months because they weren't going to pursue yeah. the whole sport for more than like, you know, what, two years. And then like I'm bailing and I'm diversifying. You know what I mean? Cause they're, they're that smart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I completely agree with you. And and even worse is that even though it's you know they have some money in their pocket, right? And they, and they they do. There, it sometimes ends up about all about the money, and a life all about the money is. Uh, it's pretty boring. Limiting. It's and boring and sad. The, uh, the amount of I I haven't worked with that many millionaires. I mean, I have an entrepreneur, but not with the sports guys. Usually, you know, they're about, they got about 200, something like that, right? And I don't want to, there's no uh, confidentiality. I've not named any names. But oh, right, they, right. But, 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 but they have not, some substantial amount to work with, right? They have some money to work with if they haven't gotten bad advice and put it in some bad things. Um, yeah. That, there was a 60-minute uh, special on um, – 14, uh, I think it was 14 NFL players put in $47 million and into a casino in Alabama just to find out in yep. the second day of its opening that it, they had to close it because there's no gambling in Alabama. Uh, and they're like, oh, God, we didn't check on that. It was a Players Association advisor, you know, approved advisor that led them to this. But that's so who ran out with the money? What? <laughs> Who ran out of the money? Somebody took off, well, the, the, took out of the state with the money. You know, it was, it was, they built all that. That they did that big white, you know, palace that had a gambling wow. thing and hotel and na 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 and done. Wow. Gone. 
Yeah, and it's with wow, that's just name? a shame. Oh uh, Victor. Anyway, uh, he's still playing, and he's like, we've got to get better at at do, vetting our own stuff. You know, we can't depend on people to, like like you say, they smooth the road for them all their lives, and then they're they're left with either bad advice sometimes or you know no advice. I mean, I know, you know it's what? hard for women players. It's, it's got to be hard, but this is. It's awful for these men. Awful. So. You know what that would happen? Anyway. Um, I, I was talking to a couple of uh, athletes in the women's game. You know what would happen uh, if an agent ended up screwing them? They'd probably not be alive. <laughs> That's vindictive of a move. You know what I mean? Do not yeah, cross being, a woman. Being a woman, you know? my, being a woman myself, I think I would agree with that. They would not. They would be no, I'm just, I, I'm just being bold. It, it wouldn't happen if <laughs> – you know, because a lot of yeah. agents, you get horrible stories about some agents just like they milk their clients for so long. And they take a certain uh, large percentage of it. And like you said, they leave them crippled because if something happens yeah. with an injury at the end, they have no funding. Yeah. And then they're then they were so trustworthy. Yeah. They're like waiting for this guy to pick them back up. And then they're left out in right. the street like a homeless. Man. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. But just the guy that had that uh, happen to him is Vernon Davis. Sorry, I, I, r- wow. I referenced him in my book, and I couldn't remember. But 49ers, I think, playing. right? Yeah. No, yeah, I know. Still playing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and he, lost, he didn't, you know, he lost millions. I don't know specifically how much he lost, but I know that sure. all the 14 lost about $47 million, So. Wow. You can do the math on that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um, that's a, that's a yeah, chunk of change. I, I want. <laughs> yeah, and I want – this is the other thing I want for sports. This is across the board, that the people that play sports, the people that give the entertainment, so much entertainment to us, that they – and young. So they're young, and they're giving their all their physicality to entertain. I, I just think that they should have the opportunity to create for themselves what's next. Not a handout, not a, you know, more sure, sure. like, no, you pay for it. But this is, just hire a few coaches that will really help you and send you off. It's, coaching's great. It's not like therapy. I mean, well, I don't mean to make that comparison. I'm sorry, that was not fair. Um, coaching in itself, just as it is, as a discipline, is short. It's not therapy. You know, it's not um, where it's years and years of therapy. It's just no, yeah, right, right, right. It's more of a, it's more of a, a, a simple, so a simple solution now uh, to yeah. get you going and started, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you know, exactly. a lot of players, a lot of players, like you said, they don't build relationships within their opportunity in their heyday, and that's the, really the yeah. drawback behind it. You know, so yeah, like you said, if they don't take huge. advantage of that within that window, yeah. they lose out on all these relationships that later could be. You know, I, I'll, I'll take a Jerry Rice for example, right? Jerry Rice, Rice yes. started in, in, his, in his moment, right? He was already in that in that area, already networking with, you know, Centas and CEOs and all these other things. And then eventually, you know, he's got franchises now going forward. Uh, Magic Johnson's a perfect yeah. example of, you know, afterlife of, of sport, you know, because he's got all his ventures going and stuff like that. So a lot of guys do wise yeah. up in that sense, but it's because I think they come either from an upbringing where they didn't have anything and they're just so fearful of losing things and they know that they have to keep it going and their bodies and their physicalities is not going to be the answer for, like you said, for 50 years down the road. It's going to have to be something smarter. Yeah. 
Exactly. And that's a lot of, uh, there's a very famous coach. I I think I'm a little nervous because I can't remember these people now. Um, but very com- a famous coach that said, you know, the smart ones see where, where that it's going to end. And they need, yeah. and they, and that they need yeah. money and, and a, like a position, an occupation in the world. You know, it, it's sure. definitely money, but it's also, what the heck am I going to do for the rest of my life? You, you know, I'll give you, know, you a perfect we, we, example. I went to college and, yeah, perfect example. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, I have a I have a buddy of mine that you know we went to high school together and everything else, and he started this huge construction company and it was masonry, and so that's mm. physical work, right? And he did it by himself, right. and he added two people to his crew and everything else. And at some point, I was having the conversation with him because you know I'm more of a social media marketer geek and everything. So I'm not really hands-on, and I don't do the yeah. durable work and all this other stuff, right? I mean, I do legwork, yeah. and I do, you know, like you do sales and everything else. It's still work, but it's in a different aspect of things, right? Um, but okay. I was, t- uh, you know, talking to him about it, and, and I said, where are you going to be down t- 10 years down the road? And his answer was, I haven't thought that far down. And I said, well, yeah. Yeah. don't you think you need to either incorporate, uh, <laughs> bring in some, in some, you know, some, uh, some people that are, can keep up your branding, your name? You do work, you know, you hire other people, and then you got to hire a foreman, a supervisor. You know what I mean? It's a, The next step was a management step that he didn't even realize he needed to do. Um, yeah, and after un- did he do unfortunately, it? Unfortunately, yes, of uh. course. He took my advice. Then I said, you need, to, you need to hire somebody that can manage your crews, step away, and also at the same time, I said, you're still part of the branding that, that is you. The quality of the work is still you. You just have to manage that. You know, and make sure that you get good mm-hmm. quality people to work for you, things like that. And so that was yeah. an eye-opening conversation, you know, over lunch that he didn't even realize it because at the time I was working uh, for Home Depot, you know, and Bernie Marcus, yeah. as a store manager for Home yeah. Depot, you would go to different conferences to talk to the leadership and the chairmanship, okay? And they would always stress to you as a store manager, right? You got a bottom line, profitability, customer count. Um, you got to maintain mm-hmm. your goods, you know, all this other things that you have to worry about budgeting, you know, payroll, everything that comes into a big box mentality. So, you know, you're only as good as you can sustain those numbers. And that was re- the, yeah, the one thing I that know. I took from Bernie Market. And so for me, it was eye opening because what happened? You felt comfortable in the role that you were in as a star manager, for example. But at the same time, in the back of your mind, no different than the athlete, right? Your time will be up. Yep. Your number will come up. Yeah. And what are you going to do? 401k? Are you going to have anything put aside? A pension plan? You know, there's a lot of things that you got to talk about it. And so I never yeah. had kids, for example. I don't have kids. But there's a lot of people and friends of mine that do have kids. How are you going to put the kids through college? You know, there's a lot of intangibles that go with that. And how are you going to, mm-hmm. you know, sustain mm-hmm. yourself for retirement? So everyday life yeah. questions and answers. And so – you know, a lot of the, like I said, the athletes don't go through that process, or they if they don't want to go to the process because they're living in this huge highlight. Right, the big bubble. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's myth. I mean, there's one. I I can see the time, but the I mean, I can go on and on forever. But the the thing that um, they have is it's I call it it's kind of the myth of sports. Like right. if you make it to a sport, you've made it in life. No, the truth is you've made it for a few years. And and nobody says that the agents don't say it, the mother and fathers don't say it. Nobody says it, and, and it's it's nobody's fault. You know, it's nobody's nobody's to blame, but it exists. And I really like to punch a hole in it, and um, with all due yeah. respect, 
to everybody doing this. I am for the athlete, for his yeah. or her um, next, you know, next venture. And, and so that, and that they are set out, that they, they didn't get a lot of the corporate training I got when I was in my early 20s. They don't get that. They, I right. did. And that's actually why I got so passionate about coaching entrepreneurs. They never got any training. They never got anything. It's sort of like athletes. So that's why I was so, like, called to this market to, like, because I, I know I can do this and have uh, with the clients that I have. Uh, just want more and just want, you know, contracts with the NFL and NLB and, you know, like that. Right. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, so been, I, you know I what, really Lorenda, this has been eye-opening yeah. because a lot of the uh, listenership in our on our podcast is literally uh, women's athletes. And they haven't experienced oh, the payday. You know what I mean? Yeah. They haven't experienced that right. payday. I mean, the closest thing we're getting to right now in terms of women's sports or for us it would be tackle football is one league uh, going towards the business planning venture to get paid. Um, they got a big sponsorship nice. by Adidas, as an example. Um, but the reality is it's down the road. But that's why I'm thinking to myself, you know, when I'm sitting down and having a conversation about the sport as a, as a whole, because we cover it pretty much globally at this point and different countries mm-hmm. obviously yeah. support in, in different formats, but the athlete themselves, in other words, and my point before was, you know, you turn around and the moment that women's tackle football becomes a, a profitable, profitable athlete, in other words, where they get paid, I, I can tell yeah. you right now, these women are too smart to, you know, grind their bodies up for more than four years and they're going to go, they're going to be going out to get their, you know, their business IQ going because a lot of them already have business IQ. They're just not getting paid to play at the sport level. And so it's going to be a huge opening because that's, that's what happens on the other side because they've already experienced, right. Where they're not getting paid. They have to come up with some sort of supplemental income, but the moment they get paid, they're going to take it to another level in terms of relationships, networking, and probably ventures. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Willie Davis, I interviewed him, an old player, right, Uh, Hall of Famer for the Raiders. I think he's still on their roster, you know, um, as a coach. He just said, you know, a long time ago, Lorenda, when we we didn't make that much money as players, we had to go out and get a second job. But the thing is Mm -hmm. that second job helped us when we got out. We had something to rely on. And right now, he says that the, the time to play is a lot longer in practice. And also, the, they make the big money, so they're like, well, whatever, you know. Who I don't want to open a liquor store. And Willie said, you know, when I left football, making the money, I had three liquor stores that were doing really well. So it's just, you know, it's, uh, you know but he had the business IQ, right? He really did. Uh, like you're saying, a lot of the women do. It's they, they just think, no, I'm going to do something else after this. And they're probably just more forward thinking, given the, yes. the path they've been on, right? They're just, you know, they, 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 it's not been as smooth as it is with the professional athlete, uh, male athlete. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think the intangible behind a busy calendar really uh, mm. affords the, the female athlete you know what I mean, to understand that the lifespan of their athleticism is going to be a short window where the reality is, you know, forward with kids and college and, you know, all this other stuff, they understand the the longevity part of it, you know, for retirement purposes and all that other stuff. 
So, like I said, right. it's going to be such beneficial at the fact that they would get a paycheck with a big amount, a big amount of number. But I will, I will know for a fact that you're not going to see probably a women's tackle player in a you know ten year tenure playing the sport. It might be a, mm-hmm. a four or five year window, and then they're going to branch out because it only makes sense yes, because of the it. fact that it. it's not like the it's not like the you know the young athlete that gets in at 18. Uh, the women have never been afforded that. A lot of the women are. You know, they participate in tackle after 25 or close to 40, some of them. So the reality wow. is, you know, this is just kind of like a hobby mentality. But if they get paid, right. they're going to make, they're going to take the right. opportunity of, you know, four, three, four, five years, and then they're going to branch out. And I know that's a smart move for a lot of them. So it's been very entertaining, Lorenda. I think we should have you back because um, a lot I, more questions in regards back. to that. Yeah. And, and yeah. so it's, I think the audience has kind of been kind of made aware of, some of the things that happen in the background, you know what I mean? With, like you said, some of the yeah. sacrifices that are made, some of the mistakes that are made that devastate careers, families, and obviously the opportunity where a lot of them have to go back and seek college once again, which they thought they were done with and set up for oh, right. and didn't happen. Right. Right. Yeah. I have a lot of stories too. So I would love to share them and um, you know, thank you so much for welcoming me. And I real, I totally got that there's, it's not quite a match. But, you know, I know one thing. Athletes talk to other athletes, you know, that uh, even, yeah, they, they just do. They share and trust each other. So, um, right. you know, I appreciate the exposure here in, in, uh, at the podcast. So thank you. It, it was great yeah, talking no, to I, you. It doesn't mean that just because the girls aren't getting paid that they don't feel the same feelings that the guys. It's just implemented differently. So thanks. I I. I completely get it. I really get it. And I, um, you've opened my eyes, too, about women players. So I'm, I'm going to start something new. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have a little division that I'm going to create. So, so Lorenda, um, where yeah. can everybody get a hold of you? You said your website's up now. Um, there's some question here there. There's a lot of women's uh, yeah. athletes that listen to the podcast, so they'll be able to kind of reach out to you and, Kind of get that in, exactly. something in motion, and, um, in, the, in other words, my, um, to my have a conversation. Number, yeah, my phone number is three ten four one three eight six three six, and my website is retiredfromsports.com. So you can access me through either one of those ways. So thank you. All right. So thank everybody, so kind of reach out to Lorenda. Kind of give her an, an idea where you're at, and maybe get some, uh, you know, some feedback. Yeah. Great. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a great evening. See ya. All right. Thank you, Lorna. Have a great uh, week. Uh-huh. We'll be in touch. Thanks. Okay. All right. Bye. All right, Luis. Uh, there it is. Uh, Lorenda Phillips. Uh, very insightful as well. Um, a lot of information to dive into and kind of like a, a different level, right, as we're talking about here. Um, the women's game totally different but if you got paid Luis, tomorrow right your short your career and professional career probably be like three years and then you're taking your money and venturing out oh gosh yeah you know uh <laughs> it's just never something that ever crossed my mind that i would ever get paid um and because i wasn't playing for that reason because girls don't have that option um and i think there's a pureness in there's a coolness and a pureness to the fact that it was different for us. Uh, however, I wouldn't turn it down, that's for sure. Um, I, I definitely think that it will it would change the dynamics of 
female football, and, and a lot of girls that are playing now wouldn't make the team. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's a lot of teams. There's a lot of opportunities for girls to play and to fulfill that dream and that love and passion. So, you know, when and if a league happens, which, I, you know, someday it will. I, I, do, I do believe that. Someday there's going to be some money out there, just like there has been for other female sports. Um, and so we'll just see when that happens. But, um, yeah, I, I still think the girls experience the same feelings. It's just that they experience it differently at a different time. And I would say, for me personally, it's not so much you experience it from that particular sport. You do from the sport, let's say, in this instance, football. Um, I think you also experience it in the sense of you've been playing athletics your whole life. And right. you've been involved in settings, in those competitive settings. And like she talked about, you have a game plan, and your brain is challenged that way differently. And sport challenges your brain differently than everything else. And so I think there's that part of it, the major part of that, that's not just because you got cut from your NFL football team uh, and you're in your 20s. You know, they, it's, just, it's just sports in general that has this defined you, and it's your passion. It, it's defining, but it's also your passion, and so you enjoy it so much that you think, how can I give up? And it's a drug, you know, it's an endorphin drug kind of thing. How can I give that up? So, yeah, it, it's hard. But I do think I look at the guys in the NFL that have gone into broadcasting or they're being in the booth or they're doing other things in football. I think that's really cool because um, that helps feed the need a little bit. So um, a, lot of the guys, a lot of, you know, obviously not very many athletes get to do that, and it's a small percentage, um, or they go into coaching or something like that. So there's other avenues, but I think that's the challenge is trying to put your passion or your love for the game into a different channel when you still like to play. So, anyways, I thought it was fun having her on, definitely. Yeah, I wanted to bring her on because it was a, it's a topic that is relative, and I think because of the fact that we're transitioning into a business model, like we got the, for example, we got the WNFC with an opportunity with sponsorship money. Going forward, maybe, you know, down the road here, you get an opportunity where players do get to, to play uh, and then get paid to play. The reality is going right. to be, you know, the same, right? They get, they're going to get paid. Maybe they're not going to get paid. Like, you know, just the same concept that you have NBA to WNBA, right? It's like the, right. the money is not going to be as huge as the NBA, for example, or the NFL. But, you know, you get a nice little, uh, you know, short-term gain. Then what are you going to do with some of that as you go forward, right? So that's the, the one point around it that happens is the accessibility. And that's why my point was, you know, you, you put some money into a, a female environment where they're so used to providing, right? Right? And this is, yeah. this is a huge paycheck. Uh, they're going to be smart about it. You know what I mean? They're not going to just blow the money. That's what I'm trying to say. Where the kids over here on the other side, they've been catered to going forward or they weren't, uh, you know, they weren't working for it, in other words. Uh, to her point, then they get into the situation where it blows up on them and then they have no idea how to, you know, to fall back on something else. And it's just kind of like depressing in that sense. And that's why I feel like that the N- that the NBA, even though I-, I get that the kids should have a chance to go make money, but I kind of feel like they it's a bad deal because that kid's out of the NFL. It's I don't know they're luring them in to to fulfill their passion and make a bunch of money. The percentage is so low, so then they're just dumped. 
you got cut, you got dumped, you're 22, 23, 25, and it's like, who, who, you know, where's the NBA now? Where's all those guys that said I was going to be successful and all those people that promised those kind of things? And so I left when I was 18 or 19, and now you got to, like, go make a life. So sometimes I feel like it's misleading and oh, yeah. I don't know. The only Just, difference I don't, I don't, in the NBA is you go to the G League. <laughs> she still have yeah. some survival. If you, you can't make it in the G League, you weren't going to be able to make it in the NBA. That's literally how it goes. It's like Major League Baseball, right? I, I have a couple friends, like 10 friends, that fooled around with the minor leagues for like 12 years and never made it to the major leagues. And then eventually they had to, you know, come to to consensus that they were not – they're never going to make it to the major leagues. So they had to go do what they got to do, you know, go branch out of the sport. They They can't – it's not lifelong, in other words. Well, I guess they got paid while they were doing it, and they probably didn't get paid. Did they have other jobs while they were trying to play AAA baseball? Yeah, they had other jobs. Yeah. Yeah, so they got to do it for fun, like the women do it, and they got paid a little bit on the side. So I'm thinking, I don't feel too bad for them. (laughs) No, I don't feel bad for them. I just felt bad for the fact that they thought their dream was going to be, you know, to get to the big stage, and it never happened. So, like you said, the percentages to get to that stage are so slim that you got to be so good just to jump onto the next stage and then to stay there. So it's hard. It's hard. Um, all right, Louise, thank you for coming in. Uh, we'll touch base Thanks. next week as well. A lot more stuff, stuff we're going to talk about. We got the scrimmages coming up this weekend. We got the international friendly in Vegas uh, on top of that. So a lot of stuff to talk about next week. And then we also have um, NFL free agency that we're going to dive in again. Once we, uh, once uh, we get a little bit more clarity on that. But uh, I really appreciate you coming in and making the time. And I know you're busy, busy, and we'll be uh, in touch. All right. Um, so let's bring into the huddle, and this is uh, – let's talk to Junior Pardo. We're talking AAF uh, week six. Uh, junior, commanders, and hot shots. Wow. Man, that was, that, was, that was great. It was great. It was a great weekend for those two teams and also for Salt Lake. I didn't expect them to put up the performance they did, but it was a good weekend. It was a good weekend to watch for the West. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm more surprised at I think I'm I'm more shocked at the Apollo matchup, which I watched, than anything at this point because of what they did. You know, they were able to do it and really you know take care of the gorilla, and so we got a competitive matchup there, and I think that was kind of like exciting for the fans to watch it was and and i pointed out last week and the week before last that i was looking forward to two games in the apollo schedule which was the birmingham iron and the arizona hot shot and i wanted to see how uh, the apollos would perform against those two teams and they were rattled i mean uh, the apollos were rattled against uh against the hot shots it, it was visible a lot of uh, a foolish penalties. Garrett Gilbert didn't play his best game. Johnny Wolford came out playing like like he did week one, week two, uh, and they f- finally got uh, got that losing streak out of the out of the way, taking care of the Apollos, uh, twenty-two to seventeen. Now, um, Junior, you did mention uh, about two weeks ago. We said, hey, the Commanders' uh, schedule. Uh, this was going to be a tough schedule, four week, uh, four straight games on the road, and this was this was going to be their big test. They did lose the first one, but now you know three in a row here, racking it up, and yeah, they're on top of the West. You know? yeah. 
Yeah, three in a row, and, and Logan Woodside, he's, he progressively got better in, in those three games. And I would go as far as saying this past game uh, versus the Legends, I feel like it was his best game, his best performance that I've seen Logan Woodside put up in in the past six weeks. Now, Junior, your uh, biggest knack on the Commanders was offensive, and now they've, they've put up almost 26 points um, second straight game that they put up 26 points and they did not let up. And that was your point before that they needed to consistently stay on, you know, on the pedal and they would be uh, pretty, pretty well at this point. So they blanked Atlanta in the final two quarters. Uh, so it was 37 to six. So it's, it's just, if they can keep it up, they, they lead the league in 12 interceptions. So defensively yes, on their they secondary, they had, they have a good, they have a good nucleus there. Um, it looks like they would be the contenders to the Apollos if they keep this up. Yeah, it, it seems it seems that way. Uh, their offense, their defense, sorry, their defense came out strong. I think they picked up Aaron Murray three times. Aaron Murray didn't look very comfortable at all that that whole entire game. He was he was manhandled. I feel like uh, made very stupid reads. If I if I call it that way, very bad read. He wasn't seeing the field, which I complimented him on on seeing the field very well last week. And he goes and lets me down this week. Couldn't see the field. He was rushing passes. I don't know what happened with Aaron Murray this weekend, but it wasn't. It, it didn't go well for him. Yeah, that was kind of a, a very uh, surprising to see that. But um, so uh, Junior. The excitement was Menzel. I have no idea why you get excited for Menzel. CFL didn't work out. NFL didn't work out. What do we expect him I'm, to do in the AAF? With right, exactly. I mean, I, come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm not excited at all. I was watching his interview. He said, "I feel like I can play at any level," and I'm thinking to myself, "No, you really cannot." You didn't do anything in the NFL. <laughs> you didn't do anything in the CFL. I mean, he got kicked out of the CFL. He had uh, tossed five touchdowns to seven interceptions in the CFL, seven touchdowns, seven interceptions in the NFL. He couldn't stay out of trouble. He uh, he breaking breaking the rules, breaking contract agreements. Uh, the the guy uh, is just a train wreck. I I believe he's just a walking train wreck, and I am not excited for him. I would like to see what he can do for the Memphis uh, Express if he will even start this year or this game coming up. I'm sorry. I wasn't expecting him to actually start this year. I was expecting him to maybe sit for a year since it's a three-year contract because I honestly don't think he's he's ready. I don't think he's ready. He don't have any chemistry with the players. I don't know why anybody would be excited for. for uh, the, Junior, do you think this is a this is a PR move? They got three of the final home games, and then one road game left. Yeah, I think it's a PR move. It, it definitely is. They just they just trying to get some some people in the stands. Memphis is, is the attendance is now one of the one of the tops in the league. So this is definitely a PR stunt to try to get some fans hype around the team. Uh, like uh, like Charlie Ebersole said, he can benefit from us, and and the league itself can benefit from Johnny Mansell being in the league. Uh, I just honestly, I don't see how anybody will benefit outside of Johnny Mansell because he's the one getting a getting a chance. 
other than that, uh, I mean, I don't see it. He didn't work out in the NFL, didn't work out in the CFL, and I highly doubt he will work out in the AAF, my opinion. So, a Junior, it's no different than somebody – you're giving somebody a job that has a poor resume. That's the way I look at it. Exactly. Probably not going to hire the guy. Yeah, exactly. Not going to hire the guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But, okay, the AAF decided that Memphis – if if we're not going to make it in Memphis, let's just put Manziel and see if we put the coffin in the, <laughs> the nails in the coffin. Yeah, which is not good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you 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 add you add a, um, what, what, I mean, he's he's a wild he you know he's he's a uh, he's a wild guy, you know he he yeah. breaks the rules like I said, not doesn't follow contract. I don't. It's, it's yeah. just adding. He's too it, young. Adding too young and dumb. Portion to the team. Yeah, exactly. He's too young again. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, just, he's just a young kid, and he's just lost, basically, at this point. Um, so, anyways, so we're, we're assuming Memphis doesn't win another game. That's <laughs> literally what we're getting to. Uh, <laughs> well, they, their, best, their best chance was Mettenberger, and he went out sure, with a sure. leg injury, and he was, um, he was one of the most efficient in the time that he played, one of the most efficient sure. quarterbacks in the league. Before at the time of of the injury, so you know now that so they're going to the run, they're going to go with the run game out. and try to balance it with Menzel keeping not to throw enough to, to create disasters. Uh, probably going to be yeah. a run game. So Singletary's probably going yeah, to run game at the point in deep. Yeah, that, and speaking of defense, um, this past weekend when 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 Memphis played, their defense kept them in the game. For as long as they sure. possibly could, but Silvers, Silvers just couldn't get it going offensively. He was either getting sacked or turning the ball over, and offensively or uh, overthrowing receivers. When once Mettenberger went out, it's like all oh, the, the the air deflated out of the offense for the, the Express. <laughs> the defense, they made plays. No, I'm, I'm I'm not mocking them. That's what I'm saying. That, that they're they're going to ride their court tails at this point with. Uh, a balanced, off, simple offense where they're going to run the game. They're going to use the run, and they got to just, you know, their defense is, is their backbone. And unfortunately, you can only yeah. go with defense for so long before they break. And you know, four home games at home, one road game. Uh, I don't know. I mean, unless they can, unless Manziel can surprise us. In other words, uh, this uh, this Memphis defense at some point will break. Look, right now, I'm, I'll be happy to be wrong about Johnny Manziel. You know, if he can surprise me, I'd be happy if he can do that. Sure, sure. But I think we're all going to be in that. We're optimistic about it, but I don't think we're that high on yeah, it. We'll you know be, what I mean? Yeah, we're optimistic, but we're also being realistic. We we seen yeah, him exactly. before. We seen what he's been able to do in the NFL. We seen what he what he did in the CFL. We seen him play a game, and you know, right now I, I'm keeping my my expectations the same way Singletary is keeping his. He's going to sure. keep him until in check. And and that's that's exactly how I'm keeping my expectations low, and just checking on Johnny just to see how how he does. Because right now the only real Johnny football for me in the AF is John Wolford. So that's that's how I'm gonna put it. All right, um, Junior, your Apollo's fall. You did say that there was a probability that that would happen, right? Because uh, the Hot yeah. Shots had been losing a couple games, and you said that they might have the opportunity to step up. So at this point, uh, Arizona uh, with Jennifer King's, you know, uh, Arizona Hotshots, they they step up. Yeah. Uh, Gilbert, I think, is still 
still the MVP. Uh, did have a, you know, still had a decent game. They just get, you know, obviously knocked off on, on a couple plays here to, to win on the, uh, the resulting of the 10-second runoff after a false start, yes. right? So that's the only yes. intangible. Other than that, maybe they have a chance to punch, you know, to win it. But Arizona, you know, obviously the advantage is theirs, and they take the win. So it's a big, big win for them, too, because they knock off number one. Yeah, they, they, the Arizona Hush has needed this win. They needed this confidence boost after a three-loss uh, three kid. They really needed this, this win confidence boost, get get John Wolfer his confidence back. Rick Neuheisel, who hasn't coached since 2011, you know, he, he needed this win against the number one team in the league to, to tell their players, look, we are good. We can still do it. We're still in this. We just need to get our heads right. And that's exactly what they needed. They needed to do what they did. They kept the football away from Garrett Gilbert as much as they possibly could. Garrett Gilbert, there were times he couldn't capitalize through his first interception in the in the season. There, there, there were a few miscues by the Apollos, you know, then they also uh, penalties, you know, unnecessary penalties. Then, of course, as you said, that, that false start 10-second runoff when, and they were driving. They were, I think, I believe they were inside the turn already. They were just driving down the field in the final drive, and and I was watching it, and I couldn't believe what happened. I told I told my wife, I was like, 10 second runoff, game is over, right before it even yep. happened, because I saw I yep. saw the 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 left guard move. I was like, 10 second runoff, game over. They didn't have any timeouts. So it's like, oh no. come on. And my wife is like, oh, that was a little bit mismanagement. Yeah, a little bit of mismanagement there, but, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, they get the win. Arizona's really ecstatic, as you can tell, right after the win. (laughs) The big win for them to kind of like – I mean, in terms of league history, that is probably the biggest, biggest, you know, in terms of knocking off the undefeated. So they go in – you know, they go in the record books as defeating the Apollos, you know what I mean, in a crucial time like that too, so. Yeah, and they need it because if they they want to have any any sort of shot at the – at the West, they needed that win. They just, you know, now they need to pray and hope San Antonio and the fleet start falling with the fleet trail. Uh, I think that was an unbelievable game as well. The the fleet playing the iron, uh, that was an amazing game. Um, but, yeah, that, now Hush has just, they just need to keep winning and hope San Antonio loses. Right now is the, the, yeah. all I, I can tell for them. Junior, uh, we talked about it. Uh, you said San Diego on a high. Birmingham really needed this win coming in this this week. Uh, they are in the final stretch of four out of five road games. Uh, this is a critical game in San Diego, 32-29 on that 44-yard field goal by Novak. Uh, no time remaining. And your boy that you've criticized pretty much at the beginning of the season, Perez, who replaces Price on Sunday, passed for 359 and three TDs, and he sort of shows down. up. Yes. Yeah, and Richardson yeah, and, and, on add to that, so the iron, like you said, stand out. Yeah, and that's and that's, that's what I needed to see from Luis Perez. I I really needed to see him perform well. Although he did throw a couple of picks, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna give him all that credit, but he did throw a couple of picks. He did made a few mistakes that could have he could have cleaned those up. He would have had a, a in my in my belief a perfect game had he not thrown 
those two blind interceptions where he was just scrambling and throwing the football away. You know, I think he he could have done without those. Just take the sack or throw the football away. It doesn't matter. Just don't don't turn the ball over to a to a very good uh, San Diego team that could have won the game had they not missed that field goal. And Berkovici, you know, he had a, a bad interception as well. But Berkovici and the fleet also had a chance to win that game. Like I said, Luis Perez, he got lucky that there were a, a few bad things that went wrong for the for the fleet. Or the fleet that came on on top of that game. Because they were back and forth the whole time. The fleet just wasn't giving up. And, and neither was neither was Birmingham. And he sold. No, and, and to your point, uh, this is not a solid win by no means by the iron, but it is a win, a win that they just get, you know, they muster by, and they really, you know, edge San Diego. San Diego kind of a letdown game in this game because they we, we thought coming in they were going to be the better team and they were going to take care of that. But um, you've been proven right every week now. Richardson is just a red zone in score, not, nothing else. And so they if they continue to use him that way, um, they're going to be. It's going to benefit them. Yeah, and I think I think right now he's leading the league in touchdowns. For I believe he's ten. I want to say he's ten of them, if I'm not mistaken. He's leading with ten yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, uh, I believe great. it's uh, nine, if I'm correct. I think it's nine. Let me double check. I think it's. Uh, I believe it's nine. Nine rushing touchdowns on the season and one reception for a score. And then. Yeah, so so yeah, ten touchdowns. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible what Trent Richardson is doing in the red zone. Yeah, it's, it's great. He's doing great, but I mean, they they need they need Trent Richardson to step up as a running back. I, I keep saying this week in and week out. Like I said, if either Luis Perez steps up or someone has to step up because the playmakers in in, in the iron are really the defense. The defense keeps them in, in those games, in those tight games. Weekend and week out, and I would like to see the offense be the one bailing out the defense. Junior, I think their balance attack when you see them, it, it is to just get Richardson in the red zone. It is to get the quarterback just to get into the the red zone, and then they kind of just hand the ball off to Richardson on three downs. So I don't know if that's going to you know continue to salvage you, especially right now with against the fleet. You know Richardson gets you know stopped you're not going to win. You know what I mean? So, like you said, it's kind of a fragile yeah. mindset by the iron to think that this is going to be their, their saving grace for wins, you know? Yeah, if they continue to rely on Trent Richardson, at some point Trent Richardson will disappoint you. If you, you know, if, if like you said, if the fleet managed to stop Trent Richardson in the end zone, those two times where he scored the touchdown, which, like I said last week, Trent Richardson is a very strong running back. He doesn't. He doesn't have the vision necessarily, but he does have the strength, so he pulls the pile with him. If, but if you manage yeah. to stop Trent Richardson in those in those two attempts in the red zone, you have to either rely on Luis Perez, which is what what anybody would want, or a field goal. So if you rely on Luis Perez as a as a defense, you you have a fifty fifty chance that you will stop him because not until week six did he did he throw a touchdown. And that, like I said, that is very concerning to me. You know, he's getting it cleaned up. He had a he had a good game. I wouldn't say a, a great game. He did throw the three touchdowns, but he had a good game. But I just I, I just wouldn't rely so much on Trent Richardson week in and week out because at some point that some uh, there there will be a defense that is going to stop Trent Richardson in the red zone. And what are you gonna do at that point? 
you know, that's that's how I'm yeah. um, seeing the the iron. No, I'm I'm with you on that one. We've been I think on we've been the mind our mindset has been the same. You know, we it's a fragile aspect of trying to like you said rely on one uh, one back with no real durability besides the red zone. Somebody stops that at some point you lose out on points and that's the difference there. Um the hot shot snapped the three game losing streak. We just talked about them with the Apollos. They get back to 500. This is uh, two successful two point conversions and field goals of 53-55 by Folk, which is uh Arizona is the best in the league on conversions from my notes. I think 10 for 14, 71%. Um, so that keeps them alive. That's a safety net for them, I guess, in a way, if you if you get into a tight matchup. That's made only two against the Orlando. Uh, on the other hand, the Apollos failed on one of their two. So they were 18 for 19 overall, just six of 15 on pass attempts. So, um, you know, a kicking game here goes with the Arizona. Uh, they got to be confident, obviously, three for four from Folk uh, from 50-plus. So it's a pretty good percentage yes. for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arizona, Arizona, you know, like I said, they have to clean up a, uh, just just a few mistakes every single game. O- offensively, I think uh, Wolford just needs to concentrate, use it, you know, plan his back foot, make better reads. And defensively, that's that's where my uh, my concerns comes with a uh, with the hot shots is the defense. Defense is not for the for the hot shots. It's not what we what we used to see, for example, with the Iron or uh, the, the Commanders, the Apollos, the, the Hasha's defense is, you know, par at best. And that's what worries me about them is their defense, which is why they lost three games in a row. So if they can clean up uh, a few mental mistakes by John Wolfer and tying up the defense a little bit, I think, I think they'll be in, a, in good shape to win a couple more games. Yeah, and the, there's a key note we've got to make here. Richard Maloney, uh, knee injury. Steven Johnson, hamstring injury. Um, both played in their first two wins, and they were obviously successful. And their last three losses, that's a big uh, hurdle for them. So they get them back. That's 12 tackles, uh, I think. Uh, so, that you know, they're really good playmakers, in other words. They were missing them. Uh, they uh, yeah. Maloney alone contributed to six receptions on seven targets for 73, which uh, – like I said, if they get them back, we're looking at a different Arizona squad here. Um, so, you know, hopefully they're they're healing up and they get the stretch run here. We could see Arizona more relevant in the West, especially with uh, San Antonio as it is right now. Um, San Diego, for the third consecutive week, um, they pretty much come down to a late-game field goal. So in week four, they lost to Memphis on a 46-yarder with 2.42 remaining. Yep. Then they defeated Salt Lake uh, last week on a 44-yarder. This was the situation again Sunday with a 32-29 loss to Birmingham. So their third down uh, and two-point conversions are bad. Two for 12 on third down, one for four. Uh, so this is their Achilles heel, I guess, if you want to call it. It is. It is. But uh, like I said, I'm not I'm not going to give the, 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 the fleet too much on it because, you know, yes – they are they're good in first and second down. You know, you just they don't want to get themselves in third down field goal situations where they they know their struggle. Those are their struggles to put conversion field goals and also like you said third uh, third down conversions. Those are their struggles. So you need to work on that. But other than that, the, the, the fleet has had great games 
They offensively, they're very good. The defense is coming together pretty decently from you know from all the games that I've seen, especially from from week one, week two, all the way up to week six. They're only losing by field goals, and winning or losing by field goals, yes, it's, it's not exactly what you would want to see a team do. But I mean, you know. They, they they are a good team. They're going on. Junior, good. Junior does, it, does it worry you that they're scoring well enough, but they're also giving up too much points? You know what I mean? It's kind of like a double-edged sword for them. They they put up the points, but defensively they cannot seem to hold anybody at this point, and that's the reason they're losing because they're relying on, you know, a good defense that forces them to third downs and two-point conversion failures, in other words, stops them in, in the red zone for conversion, yeah. that's a big worry. I think if you're Mike March, you've got to really start to look at that as an issue because you start facing the Apollos and the command, uh, commanders out there and the, the better squads in terms of the uh, standings, uh, they're not going to give you that. You know what I mean? Yes. They remind me, they remind me a lot of uh, Oklahoma in college football. They could put up points, yeah. but they couldn't stop anyone. And that is exactly yep. what we're seeing with, with the fleet. They can put up points because they they can score with anyone in this league, anyone in the league. They can definitely put up the points. Like you said, the concern is stopping the other team. Their defense is not doing enough to stop the other team, the other offenses. Now, if you clean up that, just that, just get one good stop, one, two, three good stops in a game, by the amount of points you're scoring on offense, they will just start winning. And that is always, that will always be a concern. There's a reason why uh, there's a saying a defense wins championships, and right now they don't have a championship defense, but they do have a, a, a good enough offense where maybe, maybe if they can, you know, put up and clean up those two-point conversions, they can win more games. Because that is what was really killing them. Yeah, third down is, is really bad, but – once you get in the end zone, once you score a touchdown, you have to put up those two extra points. Because if yeah. they score those two extra points, uh, those, the, the couple of extra points that a uh, two-point conversion that they missed versus the uh, the iron, they could have won that game. Because if that, that mm-hmm. game came down down to the wire. Like like you say, it was the, the, the clock was ticking down zero. So if, if they can clean up those two-point conversions, they'll start winning a lot more games. Yeah, and, and looking at the approach to a game plan against them, pointed out, you know, right now is if you put them in third and long, then they, they're you, you own them basically at this point based on stats that you were looking yeah. at. You own them. You put them in third and long, you own them. There's no way they're gonna you know break out of that shell. They're too habit forming for them. Um, South Lake, two playmakers, Carter Schultz, uh, pretty pretty mm-hmm. much a big sack sack maker. Another. Uh, seven on the season at this point for him. He got two Not against Memphis. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, you have Nick uh, Trusdell, which is the tight end um, for the Stallions, which is caught, I think, every 18, 18 times a season. It has 181 yards and three touchdowns. So 11 receptions for 130, uh, 38 yards and two scores the last two games. So there's a beast to be mentioned with. Um, kind of a safety net for Josh Woodlum. Right, exactly. And so that's one of the things I think the Stallions have to hold their head on. Defensively, they're pretty good. It's just offensively, they they have a good playmaker. It just just doesn't doesn't feel like South Lake has enough 
weaponry, in other words. It's kind of like they fall short or something. Offensively, they don't have enough weapons. They, they do enough to win games defensively. Because like you said, Carter Schultz, he had that big, big sack versus uh, uh, which got him eventually uh, got him out of the game uh, with the leg injury. And from there, you know, the, the defense was in command the whole time. Josh Werbaum, I think, had one of, uh, one of his best games this season uh, versus the, the Express. He was hitting targets. He was hitting them open. He wasn't making too many mistakes. He was uh, reading the field very well, reading the, the Memphis defense, defense very well. But it, that was in the first half. In the second half, that's where the mistakes started to come in for, uh, for Josh Woodrum. And I honestly don't know what happened there because in the first half, he had a good game. In the second half, Memphis kept opening the door for their offense, but the offense just couldn't capitalize. So, but to your point, defensively, the Suns have what it takes to win games. Offensively, they do need more weapons. Yeah, and it's it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a shame in that regard, but that's really where they're standing at this point. Um, the Legends, we hoped a while back, what two weeks ago, and the week before that, we're like, hey, if they could turn it around, uh, you know, Atlanta's two straight wins, 400 plus yards offensive outburst, and and all of a sudden they lay an egg here against San Antonio as well. They just can't get it together here so they're two and four um turnovers right so it's kind of like three three interceptions and one fumble um yes yeah i don't know just it, it just means like they just can't seem to just muster it together so um the commanders just took advantage of some of these some of these things that they just were handed to them yeah and i think uh like like i said uh logan woodside just had one of his better his better games if not his best game so far up to this point in the season, he he was seeing the field very, very well. He kept the mistakes to a minimum. Damn near perfect game he, he played versus the Legends. The Legends, as, as a whole, they, they couldn't piece it together. They couldn't put a drive together. I don't know what happened. I don't know what, what Murray was seeing uh, last, uh, this past weekend. Honestly, don't know why he performed so bad after having two good weeks. But, yep. I don't. I don't know. It's like I, a head I, I scratcher. Like, yeah, like they're reverting back to uh, week three, and and that's that's not good. They're regre- he they regressed this week in in performance wise. They they just couldn't perform. They couldn't put it together. Especially Aaron Murray uh, played two great games the past two weeks, and then he lays an egg right now, like you said. And San Antonio just took full advantage of it. Logan Woodside. Uh, Kenneth Farrell and, and that defense, three interceptions, Sack Sanchez out of Oklahoma uh, has uh, he had his third. Busby had his fourth, I believe it is, interception. So, I mean, the commander's defense just took complete, uh, took complete control of that game. And as for Aaron Murray and the Legends, I don't know what to say anymore. The Legends, to me, they, they leave me speechless. Every week, because it's like one week they they cannot play. The next week they're winning and and playing well. Then the next is like you know, uh, it's like a puzzle that I cannot figure out. It's like a it's like a bad girlfriend that doesn't want to commit to a date. One date week, yeah, yeah no, you know that kind of deal. So I think we've yeah. gone through that yeah. before. So yeah, just a bad girlfriend. We gotta let her go. Just let her go. Yeah, I gotta. Um, let her go. Yeah. yeah. Um, all the games in week seven, uh, junior, 
conference rivalries, which is huge. It's kind of like uh, we haven't had that since like week one or, or week two, I believe. So now it's yeah, now it's money time. You know what I mean? Now it's uh, the second half of the season. It's a brand new season here. If you really want to break it down, right? It's like now the yeah, now is. the yeah. you know somebody's got to stand out. Crucial West encounter coming up here. San Diego visiting Arizona. Arizona coming off the knocking out the Apollos, and San Diego coming off the dreadful loss there. (laughs) And so Saturday is going to be very interesting on CBS Sports Network. To the fleet with a must win here. Arizona looking to, what, take down San Diego to prove that they're still in this race against San Antonio. So it's kind of a crucial matchup here. Yeah, I don't I don't know how to, how I feel about that game. Uh, Berkovici just needs to bring his A game. I know John Wolfer and, and Rashad Ross will will bring their A game. Uh, Jarrell Presley he he's leading uh, in rushing for the for the rush uh, for the hot shots. Jaquan Garner is a very good running back. I believe he's top three as well in rushing yards. I think he's third in the in rushing yards. So it's it's gonna be a good battle of running backs in that game in the in the West. But I'm I'm more I really want to watch uh, Salt Lake and San Antonio as well because like like we said I want to see if the Salt Lake defense can at least uh, attempt to stop the San Antonio offense who's won three in a row in the road and now they're going back to the Alamo Dome where their crowd is going to be behind them I want to see how Salt Lake performs there. Well, Salt Lake needs this win. This is this is the equivalent of what we just got this past weekend, Arizona Orlando. This is almost similar stature, right? So if yeah, San Antonio, they, they I mean, South, yeah, South Lake needs to make a statement game, right? If they can beat the Commanders, uh, given the Commanders on a big high and first place in the West, this makes a statement for the Stallions' of survival to for a playoff run and hopefully, uh, you know, moving up in the standings at this point. Uh, Orlando's loss. Birmingham's win moves the iron back within one game of Orlando in the East, which makes it very interesting, very interesting there. And we understand, we just talked about it, right? Can you really survive on Trent Richardson? And is Perez really going to get you to the next level? I just don't see it. You know I mean? Orlando, durable. They lost in a runoff, so it's not like they lost, you know, they lost themselves. In other words, they just, it was time management issue there where that happened, yeah. but they're, they they're good. Themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're good. So yeah. um, the Apollos at this point, I still would consider them the favorite here coming in against Birmingham. Um, but you know, you never know. Of course they got to play the game. So we got to figure that out. Orlando travels to um, Orlando travels Atlanta. to Atlanta Saturday afternoon. We yeah. already know what a dumpster fire the legends are. So I don't perceive that the, they're that the Apollos are going to play down <laughs> at this point. No, I don't, I don't, just don't, I don't see know. that out. The Apollos, I don't. I don't think the Apollos play down to anyone. Uh, if anything, they they'll they'll you know probably will do the same thing they did to Atlanta the week one, the forty to six yeah. massacre. But I don't want to say yeah. anything because I, the last time I picked teams last week, all every single team lost. Every single team I picked lost last week, so I, I'm not not gonna be making any predictions on that game uh, for obvious reasons. Or, or Orlando being so, uh, my team and all. Junior, 
<laughs> what I would say at this point is you need to get some Jack Daniels before you make the predictions. Just drink it up. <laughs> Maybe that'll help. <laughs> yeah, but I'm very, uh, the game I'm interested to watch as well in the East is going to be Birmingham and Memphis. Not because yeah. of Birmingham being able to handle Memphis. It's because I want to see the Memphis defense, which is a pretty decent defense, what they can do versus uh, Luis Perez and Trent Richardson. I want to see if, if they can make the, the, the stands, the goal line stands, and the red zone stands to stop Birmingham. Junior, you, you just That's disappointed everybody in Memphis. Everybody's so so happy to the, for the debut of Manziel. What's wrong with him? I don't – I man, honestly, I'm so past Johnny Manziel. <laughs> I was high on him coming into the draft uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, we watched it, and, you know, when he didn't – this is why I really don't like Johnny Manziel. When he didn't get drafted by the Cowboys like he was promised, you know, like Jerry Jones promised sure. him, and was drafted to Cleveland instead, he acted so ungrateful that that's why that's what my beef is with Johnny Manziel. It started right there because I was looking forward to him in the NFL. But then it started right there. He he acted very ungrateful by uh, Cleveland picking him up, which could have been really career-changing for Johnny Manziel if he could have gotten uh, Cleveland in the winning track like Baker Mayfield is doing right now. It would have been career-changing for him. Uh, he would have been a hell uh, a hero in all of Ohio because he would have changed the tradition of uh, a losing tradition in Cleveland to a winning tradition, but he just didn't care. He was ungrateful about the opportunity, and that's where my beef with myself starts. So I honestly don't really care for Johnny myself. If may, people may be hyped out for him, I am not. I am just it's been disappointment everywhere for Johnny myself from the start of his career in the NFL to the CFL, and I'm not sure it's gonna change in there. Yeah. So that's why I'm not too high on. On Johnny Manziel. So, Junior, tell us really how you feel. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm on the same boat you are. I'm I'm just, like, so disappointed with this individual that I just don't, you know, I don't – I'm just going to – I'm going to wait to be surprised, I guess, if you want to call it that. At some point, it may may trigger something. But but at this point, I'm with you. Um, So, even as a second half – yeah, even as even as the second half of the season gets underway, um, we get a lot of surprises week to week. That's the interesting part about this league since the beginning. Every week is a surprise, which I, I, I like. It's kind of like college football, but the pro field, like we talked about before, it's a pro field with college football. One week to the next, you'll never, you know, never quite sure what's going to get, you know, into this thing. Uh, so, you know, for example, we thought the Apollo's invincible, and then here they get shocked by Arizona. Just when you think John Manziel would never come back, and he shows up in Memphis. Here he's back. <laughs> and right, yeah, right yeah. when you believe that Luis Perez was horrible, <laughs> he gets to start his he, start he back as quarterback. And he plays with, yeah. yeah he, so you he never quite game. know what you're going to get in the AAF week to week. So, uh, so literally, yeah. this is exciting. You know what I mean? It just breaks it down with excitement. So, will we see the legends? Yeah, I know that. Surprises this week? <laughs> you don't know. So, uh, I, I, I don't know. And I, but I see it sincerely. As a fan of the Apollos, I sincerely hope not. As a fan of football, yes, true. I, I, <laughs> I sure hope the legends get it together. You know, I. But what are the chances and the odds that a Steve Ferry is going to drop two games in a row? No, you know that's very rare. Not yeah. happening. 
Yeah, I'll yeah, nah, put my money. I'll put my mortgage on that as they say. <laughs> yeah, especially against it's, Atlanta. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, uh, so it's know, gonna be interesting. Week seven. Yeah, it's, it's it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch again. I mean, I'm, I'm here for two games specifically: San Diego, Arizona, Salt Lake, San Antonio. Those are the two games I really want to yep. watch. The other two games are pretty much a given. You know, Orlando and Birmingham. Uh, I'm calling those two. I'm I'm as far I'm going to go as far as saying Orlando is going to put up even more points versus the Legends this week than they did. Uh, They're coming week in one. angry, you mean? One. They're coming in yeah. angry. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because because of what happened, because they should be six and zero oh. yeah, yeah. in their eyes. They should be six and zero. Oh. So right now, unfortunately for the Legends, they are the the, the next team up, and that's who they are going to take out their frustrations on. Yeah. All right, so Junior, oh, yeah. another fun uh, week of talking AAF. Uh, like I told you before last week, uh, our fans totally appreciative of all your insights and your knowledge. Um, so we, we're having fun. I'm having fun talking AAF pretty much yeah, all, every week now. It's pretty exciting time. Oh, yeah. and is, looking forward to the playoffs at this fun. point. It's going to be more exciting. Oh, yeah. Hey, and what's going to be really exciting is if Johnny Mansell, you know, shuts me up and put, goes out there and puts a big win versus the, versus the Birmingham no, Iron. It's no worry. No worry, Junior, because all you got to do is get Jack Daniels right next to you. So if he does do it, just open the bottle. You're good to go. Like, I, this is my thing, though. I, 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 would say, I would call it. I would say, you know what? Screw it. I'm going with, uh, with the Spress simply because they got Mansell and he still has some skill level to his game, you know, quoting him. But so you're I, calling I just it? don't I just don't see it happening. No, Screw no. it. I'll call it. I will call I'll call an upset. I'll call an upset. <laughs> yeah. Alright. I, I need you to go and get the Jack Daniels now so you have it right there. Have to get the wife to do it. Guess <laughs> if he does do it. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah, gonna be drinking I'm, I'm up calling, pretty well. I'm calling that upset. Yeah, I'm calling I'm calling that upset. <laughs> Which is funny. Or Captain Morgan, whatever you, whatever you prefer. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a wrong guy. I'm a wrong guy. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, I was. Um, I saw the headlines a couple a couple of days ago, and it said uh, former Cleveland quarterback in the AAF. I tell my wife, and she's like, "Who, Johnny Manziel?" I was like, "I don't know. I haven't opened the article yet." So I saw reading the article. <laughs> first two, two words, Johnny Manziel. She's like. I told you what Johnny take that like, take that woman to dinner. <laughs> take that woman to dinner. Oh, it's yeah. a wise woman right there. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I just couldn't believe right, John, it. I just uh, couldn't believe when I read it. So all Junior, right. uh, awesome. We'll touch base on after week seven. It's gonna be interesting battles. Uh we'll see how they turn out. Um hopefully my fleet rebound here and your Apollo's the same. Get it get the win. Um but it's gonna be interesting AF, so um Follow uh, Junior Pardo on AAF Extended and also on YouTube, AAF Extended. So uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter. Um, if you haven't followed him yet, go ahead and follow him. Uh, great insights on AF, especially on Sunday and Saturday. So uh, keep up the good work. We'll see you here next week as we talk week seven AAF. Yes, and, and thanks for having me again. And I'm looking forward to week seven and looking forward to a Memphis Express win over the Birmingham Iron. <laughs> All right. A lot of alcohol for you, hopefully, if Manziel yeah, pulls it off. Yeah, a lot. We'll see. Oh, a yeah. Lot. <laughs> bye. All right. All right, Oscar. Thanks for, thanks for having me again. All right, bye. All right, no problem.
All right, guys. Junior Pardo, always exciting to talk AAF, uh, the Alliance of American Football, Week 7. Very exciting. Um, so um, go to the Zazzle shop, zazzle.com, forces, gridiron beauties, and get your stuff. Help support the cause, especially for summer. Uh, we got Sasha Cruz. Uh, we got Kelsey Cristiano, a bunch of other uh, young ladies are going to be sporting our stuff during the summertime. So uh, get in the go. And $9.99, free shipping if you subscribe to Zazzle Black. So go to this No Joke Football Shop. Go to the Shop tab on our Facebook page at the hub at facebook.com, Beauties. I want to thank uh, Lorenda Phillips for coming in, kind of give us insights on retiredfromsports.com. Check it out and see what she can do for you as well. Uh, Louise Bean coming in here, give us insights as well. So um, we got about a couple minutes before we get out of here. We're going to go into detail here. A couple things happening overseas. Legend-style play, in play in Cancun and Mexico. The excitement happened in WFL. Get the lowdown right now at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. I want to thank all our partners there for helping us out and bringing us up the stills as well. A lot of excitement happening this weekend. We are going to get the XFFL in Texas back in action this week. So stay tuned for the updates there as we got things going on happening in Texas as well. Uh, the South Texas Cobras uh, will be taking on the champion South Texas Generals this coming weekend. Kingsville Empire against River City Sirens plus the remaining games on the schedule. WFL action happened this past weekend. So uh, we want to thank uh, out there in the live feeds that were happening as well. Vicaris 12 to 6 in a great matchup. If you didn't catch it, relive it there on the replay against Troyanas of Chihuahua. Uh, the champion Red Devils, 37 to 0. Shout out of the Mamba Negras. You can uh, get the uh, stills and highlights from Jess Grad Agency photo there. Um, the Patriots fall 68 to 0 against the runner ups of last year, V Queens. You can uh, live on the V Queens Facebook page as well. And Daniel, uh, Vigarde uh, photo there for the stills as well. Amazonas 20 to 14 versus the Rangers. Uh, thanks to ADN Deportivo for the insights and the lowdown. And they also were live at the event. Uh, Chitaras versus the Vipers. And that was by Deportese and also live by them. So you can check it out on our hub as well. In Monterey, action week one of the elite women's uh, football league there in Monterey, Iris 7-0, Authenticus. Uh, Black uh, Snakes 24 to 6 against the Alcones Markova. Troyanas 28 to 6 versus Moody's. Cowgirls 20 to 14 against the Raiders of Monterey. Ravens 20 to 14 against Utah Girls. Amaya is 32 to 12 over Silver Wings. Get everything at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Tell your friends, share our posts, and you get the highlight stills from the Liga uh, Football Monterey right there. Uh, from their action in week one. We also get the, uh, the other uh, action that's happening. Scrimmages coming up, WXFL and WNFC scrimmage, Casey Storm versus the Nebraska Nighthawks, March 23rd. Sin City, we talked about earlier, the Trojans collide with the uh, Western Women's Canadian Football League Saskatoon by, uh, Valkyries this past weekend as well. And then coming up next week on the 30th, uh, Birmingham Lions will take on Orlando Jets in a clash of European friendlies there. Um, congratulations to the IWFA Premium League champions, Austin Ravens, and to our two no-joke football supporters, um, uh, Michelle Marshall on the Austin Ravens and Megan Martinez of the San Antonio Sidewinders. Big bombshell this week. 
Uh, Lilani Lopez of the Legends Football League announces on Instagram she will not be participating in the Legends Football League this season, probable next season, but at this point she will be playing either football or flag in local Texas, so we'll see her probably in the IWFA in the next coming season as well. So uh, Lilani, a very big favorite in terms of the Austin Acoustics uh, and very big favorite of the uh, Austin area in terms of football, an amazing talent at that. Um, so she retires on that. Chicago Bliss announced Coach McGuire has departed, leaves the Bliss pretty much in limbo uh, with a departure of Keith, uh, Keith Hack. So at this point, we have no idea what the Bliss is going to Rosters for Legends Football League squads are out now. So we will review those next week with Troy Wilson in terms of what teams are going to be impactful, what changes they've made. I know Denver put it out, Austin put it out, Omaha's put it out. So as soon as they come out, we'll review those next week uh, with Troy Wilson and figure that out in terms of how the impact's going to be for the 2019 season in Legends Football League. Um, LFB uh, in Cancun, 2009, you can go to lfb.com.mx and the uh, Naredes 12 to 7 over Bucaneros, kind of a surprise there. Two top teams there. Uh, get the uh, action on LFB Live as well on Facebook Live for the uh, week four matchup. And also uh, thanks to Oi and Cozumel for their highlights that they provided to us. The Yellow Blacks, eight. The Barracudas rebound 13, 13 to 8. You also got the matchup there on LFB Live. You can go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. You get all that stuff and watch it, replay it, and share it. And so big action ha- coming up here in the last week of LFB Cancun. Uh, week 5, the preview is Yellow yellow Blacks looking to rebound after a loss to Barracudas. Naredas trying to continue their run title. Uh, Beck Bucaneras looking to rebound against Soa. Soa obviously has struggled, so it should be a good matchup there as well. And you'll probably get it also live at LFB on Facebook. So a lot of action happening. Um, the XF, the XFFL Texas, uh, the standings and the power rankings through week five was 4-0 Generals. Uh, we're looking at 4-0 Cobras, which is the matchup of this weekend, week six. Big clash of undefeateds. Cobras, Generals. At this point, and then it's Sirens 3-1 and one against Empire, which is another clash in uh, this coming weekend, March 23rd, week 6. So in XFL Texas, this is huge weekend. It is Cobras, Generals, Empire, Sirens. Can't miss that at this point. So make sure you stay tuned at the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties. The um, French action happening as well, and that was week 5. Flash, 9, Cougars, 33, uh, Corsairs, 14, Sparks, Diaz, 30, Leopards lose to Molasses, 7-0, and that was in the uh, Northern Division. The Southern Division, Blue, Star, uh, Blue Stars, 24-0 over Canteras. Falcons uh, fall 46-0 to the Black Panthers, and 32 Hurricanes to 8 on the Argonauts. Uh, week 6 to date on that, uh, and you can stay up to date on everything that's happening on our Twitter feed as well at Gridiron Beauty on our Facebook page at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. And don't forget to go to the shop uh, up to 20% off this weekend. Make sure you go to zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. If you don't know where to go, go to the Facebook page, shop now, or go to the link on our Twitter feed. So for um, Lorenda Phillips of Essentials Entrepreneurs and uh, retired 
from sports.com and for the absent uh, Luis being here. And thanks to Junior Pardo to come in and talk to AAF. We'll catch you here next week for another edition of the best podcast talking women's American football and NFL news uh, right here on Block Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Listen Notes FM, and catch us tomorrow morning on Indie Rap Radio, 10 a.m. So don't miss it and share it. And if you want to leave us a post on our Apple, we'd love to review. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you here next week for another edition of the Great Iron Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, and uh, tune in. Have a great weekend, everybody.